everybody to uh, part of the Settlements Folly podcast, part of our Patreon. If you are part of our Patreon and listening to this, thank you guys so, so much for subscribing. Uh, we still, we've had a Patreon for 17 months and still have not lost a single Patreon member. And that is something that we can be proud of. So thank you guys for holding on. Um, and uh, we are talking today with the Buffalo Happy Hour podcast. Guys, how are you? You want to introduce yourself? Yeah, I'm Mike, uh, co-host, co-founder, COO, Disaster 101. Chief Shipping Officer. <laughs> yeah, we've, we wear so many different hats, <laughs> but yes, I'm Mike. And I'm Derek. Thank you very much for having us on. This is this is going to be a blast. Yeah, thank you. I know. Yeah, I, I was, I, some of these things, I don't know. Sometimes we do these things. We've talked to uh, a gin distiller out of Adelaide, Australia once, and we and for them it was like nine o'clock in the morning, so they don't usually have something to drink. Or we're talking to someone who we literally we talked to a, um, a spirit awards host who doesn't drink alcohol. And really? Like, how that, yeah. How does that and he's work? From Vegas. Um, too. Yeah. <laughs> from, yeah. And uh, but as soon as I saw that you guys have some Hartmans, I went and got myself uh, a little drink as well. I got full room. Nice. Uh, Excellent. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I'm having a beverage. You guys are having a beverage. We're just going to have a, a nice talk podcast to podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is like an inception type thing. It's it's kind of interesting. Levels on levels. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're going to get really deep with these questions. Love really, it. Like, like two layers of dreaming. Deep. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, um, guys, how did you first get into the podcast world? Were you guys like... Should I say like enthusiasts? And <laughs> did you guys work in the alcohol industry, or how, how how did this how did this come? You tell the story better than I do, so go for it. <laughs> we were two dudes I met in college uh, in our undergrad, and this is 2010 time frame. The world was obviously far different than it is today, and mm -hmm. we hit it off immediately because our professors at the time were qualified but not qualified to be in the position they were in <laughs> so derek and i went to college for criminal justice clearly do not use that major at all uh and we had a couple professors in our undergrad that got fired from their positions whether it was they were head of the parole board they let a guy go that guy ended up killing four people and they get immediately rearrested and thrown back in jail so she got fired uh there was another professor he was a corrections officer yeah. And what was what was his thing? His son was watching porn or something on his computer, so he got let go too. And then he thought that it'd be a good idea to go teach a criminal justice class. So we're like, all right, whatever. I'm like on ethics, yeah. So like nothing, <laughs> nothing added up. And we're like, all right, this is a joke. So naturally, I'm very extroverted and was making Family Guy type humor jokes mid class, and four people laughed out of the thirty. Derek was always one of the four. So then we just kind of became friends through school. Um, and then we had a little hiatus mm -hmm. and then rekindled our friendship back when we were finishing our undergrad at a separate college. We both ended up transferring to the same college, not knowing that the other was doing that. So it just kind of wow. worked out that way. And because we went to base, it was a community college first. And then we went to a private institute after that. So that private college is where we re-met back up. Mm -hmm. We basically then started hanging out after class and every single time we hung out something insane would happen in the public and i always made the joke somebody should follow us with cameras because this is probably good tv and somebody would get a kick out of it 
and tabled it. So then years go by. We still obviously keep talking after college. Derek gets into golf because he gets into finance at a bank doing cybersecurity. And that's basically what you do when you're granted 340 days off a year (laughs) working for a bank. So uh, he goes, you should golf with me. And I'm like, that's, that's not me. Uh, I played football. Like I'm in the army. Like I'm not, I'm not doing. You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling current the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. That whole thing. And then he uh, he goes, just try it. I'm like, fine. So we go out. Same thing. Some insanity occurs. And he goes, we should start a podcast where we talk about it. And he was the first one to pitch it. And I was like... I'm not opposed to it, but this is also, I mean, this is like 2012, 2013, like early, early on. Mm -hmm. Um, So we table it for years and then keep doing our thing. And then the next time it got brought up, both of us had a notepad in our phones of different ideas that we could do for a podcast, but we never told the other person because we're like, you know, I'm an alpha male. I'm not going (laughs) to talk about my deep feelings at night where I'm just brainstorming (laughs) a potential retirement plan. And uh, we ended up bringing it back up to each other coincidentally playing golf and we just started to say screw it let's just do it so we went full send and it's a really good tagline screw it let's just do it yeah and <laughs> uh pause <laughs> and <laughs> bought a bunch of equipment that we researched in depth derek went hard on the quality um with microphones and doing a bunch of analytical work because he was obsessed with doing research to learn more about it and then i just kept brainstorming the outline the overall scope of what the podcast would be and then we just started to do it basically part-time in 2019 yeah what's interesting about it too is that we didn't start wanting to do whiskey at all like we had the idea of when we were going to do the podcast let's just have a drink on the table and then no one would really understand what it was they would kind of ask questions and do all that stuff and then mike had a work trip to buffalo distilling in buffalo obviously And their story around the history of the distillery being one of the first distilleries in the area, their whiskey is called the One Foot Cock. And we're like, oh, this is sweet. Like, let's what's the story behind that? So that kind of blended into, okay, let's have Buffalo Distilling, their whiskey on our episode. We'll give the brief history because you literally were just there last week. And then we'll just continue doing that. And our third episode in, we're going to be reviewing Iron Smoke Whiskey out in Rochester. And we researched it a little bit, and then we ended up emailing Tommy Burnett, the owner, and we're like, hey, can you tell us a little bit more information on Iron Smoke? We are going to do a podcast on this. And he's like, yeah, sure, I'll be on. And we're like, hold on. You'll be on? Like, what do you mean you'll be on? 
that was never a part of our business model was to interview small businesses. So yeah. we're like, okay, how do we then grab all of our studio, pick it up, move it to Rochester, and try to be professionals out there? Because I don't know. I don't didn't think that we could do it. <laughs> we literally we didn't know how. Yeah. Like we didn't know anything about anything. So it was on the fly job training and then hours and hours of research watching other YouTube channels where they would do like small how-to videos mm-hmm. and then just self-education. And we just didn't really stop. So the first obvious, you know, trip to Rochester was a dumpster fire. Yeah. And it just kind of set the tone for everything else. Like our boom arms broke. So I was sitting there like holding the microphone with Tommy and I'm like, oh, so no. how is your business? Like it was so awkward. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Don't go back and watch it. It's kind of a train wreck. But it worked out. I mean, we ended up <laughs> learning a ton. Yeah, yeah, exactly. exactly. We we learned a ton from it and then we just decided to continue pushing and then the pandemic hit. And that was the first time where we're like, hey, we've done this a couple times at this point. What are your thoughts on the entire thing like if you had an umbrella the pandemic thoughts feelings comments concerns etc and it was about a 14 second conversation again we've known each other for years and i'm like i don't don't really care like i think we should just keep working because i feel like a lot of the quote-unquote competition is going to stop so what if we just keep going and take that risk and then he and Derek basically just was like, screw it. And then we just kept pushing. So yeah. we just never stopped during the pandemic. Obviously, we were smart. Like we, you know, we did what we could in regards to prevention or whatever, but we never stopped. And then as it progressed, we realized that every single small business kept saying the same thing. Hey, man, marketing's really expensive. And then that morphed every single time we worked with somebody new. It just continued to redefine and sharpen the edge of our mission statement, our goal, and then our whole ideology behind what our podcast is. And then we just never stopped. Yeah, which our mission statement is giving small businesses a free platform to promote. That's our entire business model. We don't charge any of the businesses that we go interview. It's just a casual conversation to talk about their business. Yeah. Sorry, we talked a lot there. That was... No, I don't know no, if we've ever given that pitch before. You guys. Yeah. Yeah. Very long story. There's a great meet cute in there. Yeah. There's some odd specifics about crime and someone getting let out and killing four people. Yep. That felt a little too real to, to be fake. And it seems like it has a happy ending. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're still here. Yeah. Still here. yeah. But that, that brings a good point to us, too. Like, we, we, you know, this whole interviewing people came up because of the pandemic. Hmm. We realize how easy it is. We haven't gone the. We are now slowly like getting into the point where where we do our own podcast, where we just talk about you know us three. There's a third uh, owner that is involved too. His name is Caleb. Um, we're us three. We'll get together. We now set up a little tiny corner of our of our shop where we can have cool lights and a nice backdrop mm-hmm. and that sort of thing. Uh, but most of it was all pandemic stuff. So was it easier for you guys during that time? Because you're like, well, we can still interview. Did you do a lot of like the Zoom interviews and that sort of thing? And no, you didn't. You did it all. Yeah, we tried to. Yeah, we tried to keep it as in person as possible because of it being a video podcast. There's that whole essence of if we're going to feature a small business, we kind of want the backdrop to be something cool in their business or something that'll entice somebody that's watching to be like, oh, I saw that mural. We did an amazing interview with a local business called The Garage. And they had murals. It, it's a cafe and a restaurant, but they had this mural on their wall of this awesome old car. And their entire business model was they used to own a garage. They ended up then what go 
going bankrupt or something like that? No, they, they ended up selling it because of their daughter's health issues. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. Daughter's then, health issues. And then they ended up starting a... It was a cafe rest, bistro. ...restaurant, yeah, in, like, homage to that garage. So that was kind of cool to have that in the backdrop to be like, this is why yeah, it's called a garage and, and that whole story behind it. So that's why we never wanted to do Zoom. But we yeah. definitely did every once in a while, especially if there weren't people local. Quick, quick correction on that. The the husband got in a motorcycle accident. Then the daughter got hit with health issues. And that was just the progression of what they did. But they're homegrown, born and raised Buffalo, North Buffalo specifically. Yeah. And then their restaurant was an auto body shop. Then it became the Cafe Bistro. Then it became the restaurant bar cafe that it is now. But they never yeah. left that same neighborhood that they were born and raised in. So the whole community knows them for the last like 50 years, super nice people. So it's just stuff like that Mm -hmm. where it didn't really make sense for us to do a zoom because then you're also reliant on the guest to be on the up and up. Whereas with this, it's like, just sit down. We're in control of every aspect of the equipment. We can give you a brief on the equipment and then we can just talk to you for an hour. And then instead of us trying to memorize you as the business owner, why don't you just reiterate your own story and then present that passion to then drive people to your business and then we can just sit here and ask you questions. Yeah, that's, that's awesome. Um, I like it too. And honestly, we've done one, I think interview in person, but we do a lot of interviews for people all over the country and all over the world. So it's obviously really hard to do that. We kind of just kind of fell into the interview thing where we knew we wanted to start a podcast and I, there's um, have you heard of the distillery nation podcast? Hosted by Eli- Elias Mastrianos. Um, it's all I found it when we were going through our like our TTB regulations mm-hmm. and our you know getting our. Uh, he had a whole episode on like how he went through. He owns a a brandy. Uh, he's a brandy distiller, and he went through the whole process of what it was like going federally through the process. Hmm. And I found it, and he has a uh, Facebook group of people like his his followers, and I just go start on a podcast if anyone has anything. And all of a sudden, he's like, well. I'll be your first guest. And then it just steamrolled. And all of a sudden people will see the comments oh, and we're interviewing people from all over the place. So we never really thought it was possible to do something in person up until recently. And we're like, why don't we do someone local? And honestly, that was one of our best viewed uh, episodes because we were at the bar where she owned the place and we were there right. and she could literally point to everything like this happened there and this is what crazy and blah, blah, blah. So I actually respect the fact that you during the pandemic was really just kind of like, we have to keep doing this same thing. You know, yeah. you got to keep, keep going for it. So that's great. Yeah. Our mobile setup grew from like a bag to like now a 70 pound case. So I'm not super happy about that, but it's fun and fine. So we're having fun. Right. <laughs> it's a good time. So what about you guys? How did I, I know that we kind of want to volley some stuff back and forth, but I'm genuinely interested. What, when did you guys start that you wanted to do a distillery? Like that's kind of something that probably had to be fostered for a while, right? Oh man! So this is that moment that you guys just had, where you just your eyes connected, and then you're like, "Oh, babe, you tell this story better." <laughs> that's what we just had. It's like, oh. yeah, like what's our origin story like? Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we could. I'm gonna try to make it a little bit shorter and less gruesome. Um, you know, no killing people were involved. Um, it's real life, but, brother. Real yeah, life. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, so we had actually, you know, Nick, myself, our other business partner, and we also started with uh, a fourth business partner, like in the wee wee 
early years of like 2016, 2017. Uh, we have all been whiskey enthusiasts for a very, very long time. And so we would just get together once a month and Nick had a basement basement bar at the time. And so we'd get together every single well, month. I'll say, I will say, say the basement bar was I found a kind of a wooden structure on the side of the road and I put it in my unfinished basement with a mini fridge and that was our basement bar. Hey, yeah. so, whatever uh, works, man, whatever <laughs> works. <laughs> yeah. It was like a 1920s speakeasy, and it was, you know, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so we would just basically once a month get together, bring a bunch of whiskey, like each of us would bring a bottle or two of whiskey, you know, didn't matter what it was, and a bunch of cheese. And we'd just mm. get drunk eating cheese, and that would be <laughs> a day. That and, sounds like a great time. Oh, it was a wonderful time. <laughs> we did this for maybe a year or two, like every single month. And nobody can actually remember how this happened, but at some point we're like, we should just start trying to experiment making like different whiskeys ourselves and um, just putting together blends, uh, you know, having ideas about, you know, different flavor combinations. Mm -hmm. And so we started pulling together whiskey that we would buy and bring to the, these events and start blending them and aging. And we were just doing it in like really small, like one liter barrels. Like you can buy them online for like what, Nick, 30, 40 bucks a pop. Yeah. Something like that. Like, yeah. 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 Like literally like, this, this size of a barrel, <laughs> you know, the ones with like, you can buy them, you can put your name on the top yep. of them and like, and yeah. you, they have like a spigot on the side. Like we would buy <laughs> those just to see if we can like, Hey, let's cure this with coffee and see what would happen. Because sure. it was so yeah, cheap. Yeah. Let's like, ruin that what barrel. What happens if we finish this with, this or whatever like how is that going to work so basically like it just slowly evolved into uh cockneyed like drunken idea into <laughs> let's just see what happens here because like we're interested in like the mechanics behind making this and, sure. and then next month let's see what it's like because you know the nice thing is with these really really small barrels they age very very fast right so we would just Cool stuff together, like with some rationality behind it. Follow up the next month, try it out, and be like, "This is actually pretty good." Like, I would drink this, and so that slowly evolved over time into, "Okay, well, what happens if we blend these two whiskeys, or what happens if we're gonna, you know, finish a rye whiskey with, you know, this type of big botanical mm-hmm. or whatever?" And after a while, we're like, "Okay, we might be onto something. We should have other people try this stuff because." forever it was just the four of us so our little club if you will just drink uh drinking and eating cheese started to grow a little bit and we basically have a little focus group of people trying this stuff out and everyone was like this is really good hmm. this is really good stuff and from there it just grew into okay maybe we can actually turn this into a legitimate business idea we might have a product um and that was around 2018, 2019 or so. And so we spent about a, a year trying to come up with just ideas and, and everything to, you know, put a business plan together, put some product ideas together. And in mid 2019, we got our LLC and applied for our um, DSP, our federal um, distillers permit. 
And that took about six months to go through, which in most, I think in most times, that's fast. Mm -hmm. Usually I think it's a little slower than that. And so, yeah, December 20, uh, December 2019, we got our permit, uh, federal permit. And we're like, okay, like we actually have uh, the legal ability to produce alcohol. You know, we may or may not have been trying this out for some amount of time ahead of time, I think. Um, but it's like, okay, like we can forge ahead with this. What's the next step? And the next step, we need to be able to legally sell it in New York. It's like, all right. So we got our attorney. You know, we're going through this exhaustive application because it's three times the size of what you get with the federal application. And uh, we worked on that for about two and a half months up through, eh, say, the first, second week of March 2020. <laughs> we all know what happens next. Yeah. What yeah, happened? What perfect. Happened, you know, Great that, timing. That time. <laughs> and so right when we are getting ready to finalize everything with our state application, uh, the world shut down. And uh, so that put everything to a halt. Um, we not that, only with, not, not, yeah, not only with that, but like um, I work in the, the bar industry. I was like a live music. I, I worked in a live music venue, bartending. Um, like my life was spent nights in bars working and yep. everything shut down. I lost every job I had. Uh, Colin also lost his job. And then our other partner was just like nonstop working. He had like the opposite effect where he actually was more into work. So everything came to a halt, not only in the state, but like our lives as well. So it was, it was just kind of a nightmare. And also you got to remember like to the, the SLA, um, is the same, that's the same branch who was like putting all the mandates on all the bars and restaurants. And they're also the same people that need to approve our permit. So we were not a priority to them sure. at all. Yeah. 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 So, so that ground the whole company to a halt where we had to shake, you know, figure out how that was going to shake out for our personal lives. Obviously. Um, one thing I didn't mention is that with this entire business, we are funding it hundred percent out of pocket. So we don't have investors. We don't have loans. We don't have anything else like that. We're financing it entirely ourselves because it's a passion project, really. And so that took, it, we didn't take about a year off, um, but we took a lot of time off. It took us a while before we could actually resume everything. And when we started getting everything back in order, um, we wanted to still be able to, you know, have momentum with the business. Um, be able to capitalize on the brand a little bit, even as small as we are. And that's when we started a Patreon, you know, to kind of give insights into the business. You know, we have, you know, various um, like offerings and, and value propositions and such with it um, because we can't sell booze. Mm -hmm. So that's a problem. We're not allowed to do that. So we had to be we had to find a way to make money. And that's kind of how we stumbled on, you know, why we're talking. Sure. So while you guys are you actually distilling or are you going to be sourcing and blending? We are rectifying, yeah. Okay, so gotcha. It's the latter. Sure. Yeah, yeah. As part of our as part of our uh, business plan, um, because we are financing this entirely, um, the focus is on how we started, which was blending, um, you know, other people's booze sure. into something better. Um, and once we're able to grow, we'll start distilling it ourselves. Yeah, that makes a ton yeah, of sense. We, That's sweet. We have a good idea about like the mash bills and everything like that, but it's 
from how we got hit with the pandemic, uh, it's just prohibitively mm-hmm. like, too expensive for us to just be like, okay, let's just drop 30 grand on a still, go to town and hope it works out in this hyper competitive market. Yeah, and, and that too, it, it takes forever to age whiskey. I mean, you can start with your small barrels, but then you're only creating like three bottles. So if you start releasing stuff that is not not aged at all and it's just white corn whiskey and it's like, uh, are they yeah, do they believe in the product or are they just trying to put stuff out there to sell? That's always the the interesting balance with that. Is is yeah, there yeah. is there an ETA on getting things approved or has the state came back and said anything? Uh, no, actually. So I guess the, there's, the end story, story, guys. Yeah. There's, there's more to that extremely long story. So. Yeah, 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 but in the interest of time, we can fast track that. Um, it took another six months or so all the way until February 2022 before <laughs> that application and everything got to the state's hands. Sick. So, yeah, yeah. It yeah. took a very long time. Um, um you know, we told, now I know we're, just, we're just gonna wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um just just yeah, a long process. I don't know if you've dealt with people talking about the New York State permit a lot in, in your interviews that you have, but it's relentless and it's they um need a, the biggest part of uh, a very good chunk of it is your premises and your facility and what you're and your manufacturing like uh your facility. And it's uh, we had a, a little rough going because our landlord, the place we were renting, passed away. So we had then had to amend the application into uh, his wife's name, who took over, who swore to us that she wasn't going to sell the building. And then she sold the building. So then there was months of waiting to get a new buyer for the building. And then there was another month and a half of negotiation with the new landlord. It was just like it, everything that could have possibly gone wrong has gone wrong but we're still here so sure, absolutely that's awesome that's great congrats to you guys that's sweet yeah um, so give it eight to ten months and hopefully by the end of this year that will be approved we'll have a license to sell and you know we'll be able to send you a bottle sure absolutely yeah, looking absolutely. forward to it no i appreciate that yeah. But because we are allowed to federally uh, produce, I think it's like 200 gallons a year of experimental uh, alcohol, um, we're allowed to, it, part of our Patreon, we do have a cocktail class. So hmm. if people really want to try our stuff, we can offer the class and you get a sample bottle of our whiskey. So all the stuff that we've been experimenting with on these small, small scales, um, the the Patreon members, if anyone in your li- listeners um want to uh, check it out, uh, we do offer a, a cocktail class every month that you can actually try our whiskey. So it's kind of cool. We found a little a little bit of a loophole so people can try our stuff. Sure. That's sweet. That's yeah. awesome. Uh, how did you guys land on your name? <laughs> okay. So the whole basement story of me, us staying in the basement, that's, uh, that's us being cellarmen. Um, and folly because of two reasons. Uh, one, cause it's probably a bad idea when four friends from high school start distillery. I don't know. That's <laughs> probably not a great idea, but also we're in Cougar County, the land of like, uh, Harriet Tubman and William H. Seward and Seward was the guy who bought Alaska and it was Seward's folly and hmm. no one knows what he bought. So it's kind of like a little tribute to Auburn where we're from. Um, and also, yeah, like a bad idea. Though. Mostly That's because sweet. it's a bad idea. Yeah, mostly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You shouldn't go into business with your friends. Right, seriously. Yeah. Sorry. It's like yeah, it's, it's the worst idea ever. 
Yeah. So you guys said you guys said you went to school for criminal justice. I went to school for programming. Nick went to school for music. None of us have a MBA or anything, and this is what they would tell you on day one. Sure. Don't oh, go to business. Yeah. With your friends. Hundred <laughs> percent. Right. Yeah. So are you guys struggling are. tax time like we are because we have no idea what we're doing? <laughs> We can't do anything. It's zero. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Yeah. We're learning every single day. Trials and tribulations of trying to run a business and Mm -hmm. not knowing how to do that. If you guys want to talk about a spinoff podcast, there we go. (laughs) Love that. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 How to ruin your finances and have your significant other hate you? (laughs) This is guaranteed ten golden episodes. Oh yeah. Yeah. It, yeah. It's a perfect mini series, yeah. if anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, it's a dumpster fire. <laughs> so let's talk a little bit more about um, your guys. Like, what is your schedule like for recording podcasts? Do you guys do you guys do weekly or monthly, or what do you guys do? So, or is it just random? so we have been from the start. We started off Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and it, oh. it was meant it was meant to be. This is where Mike and I get ourselves in trouble because we have these great ideas, but. Uh, and we want to send all this off to the editor, editor meaning myself and planner being Mike. So we have these great ideas, but we fail to realize how much work it's going to be. So we started off releasing an episode Monday and then we did two clips every Wednesday and Friday. Oh, once, cool. Yeah. Once we started with small business episodes, Mike's cringing over here because he knows where this is going. So once we started with small business episodes, we released them every Friday. So then we were recording every Monday and releasing an episode every Monday and Friday. That was our schedule. And then we decided to start doing Wednesday whiskey reviews. It was Monday and Tuesday because of small business interviews. So it was a weekly episode on Monday, small business interview on Tuesday. I don't think we ever did Tuesday. Yeah, it was always Monday or Tuesdays. Anyway, so we did that. We'll fight after. We'll throw down. Or was it just a random whenever we could fit them in? <laughs> it was, it was, no, I'm saying we released them on Fridays. That's what I'm saying. Like, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, 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 yeah but from a yeah, recording yeah. standpoint, recording, whenever yeah, we can do it. 100%. Yeah. So then we started doing Wednesday Whiskey Reviews where we would record a Wednesday Whiskey Review, and then we would release an episode every Monday. We would release a Wednesday Whiskey Review every Wednesday, and then we would release a small business episode every Friday. And then we decided it would be another great idea to start recording random stuff and release it on Thursday. So now technically our schedule is we release every Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 a.m. every single week. We don't miss a beat. So this is where we get in trouble because we're dying over here trying to continue to create content. But it's fun. I mean, we, we've said this from the beginning. We don't care if we ever make any money with this. We do because we're in the red hard, but we're, we don't care if we ever make any money from this. We're just doing this because we genuinely have fun and we would hang out, drink whiskey anyway. So if yeah. we just put the camera in front, we press record and we edit it, put it on YouTube, if it gets traction, that's sweet. If not, we're still hanging out, having a good time. So it's really not that big of a deal. It's just we're doing a lot now. But it's weird because now we're like in the spot to check analytics and we're in over 45 states and over 35 countries, and none of it makes sense to us <laughs> at all. Like, why would someone sit here and watch yeah. us for an hour? But, I mean, we have same thing. We got Patreons. We got business sponsors. We have um, a legitimate audience and a following, and it's very strange to us, but it's just a... I mean, you guys get it, too. It's just a testament to hard work and consistency, and then with that, anything shows up. Mm-hmm. So it's wild it's the same thing you with did distilling say it yourself that you guys just needed to have a camera follow you right so yeah kind of destiny that it happened 
I didn't think this though. I figured it would be like a reality TV. Like it's a it's someone else do the work. Correct. Well, not even that. Like I was I was thinking like somebody should walk around with a camera, like reality TV. They don't even have to follow us. Just kind of like be in our vicinity, and we can point and be like, "You need to go capture that." Right. And then we're just like, we're gonna buy the cameras. Yeah. Disasters. Yeah. Was that a fairly easy thing when you guys were starting out? A fair, fairly easy. I mean, maybe easy is the wrong word to use. But, like camera shy? Uh, no, not camera shy, but like just equipment wise. Because you were like, I, we have this idea. Are you guys tech savvy to begin with? Like, how did you <laughs> shake your head immediately? Like, like, I just want to know because we are not that way at all. Like, yeah. we're just using Zoom and we're just talking to people. We don't have like proper mics or that kind of setup but we we just do it because we think it's fun to get together and drink now you guys are at the level where you can i mean your setup looks great the way it is is that you're hard? eclipsing amateur level yeah, yeah. Well, thank you thank you very much yeah yeah, yeah so seriously, when yeah that's like it's I mean, the whole production like did it like you just mentioned uh, previously that you started with like a couple of boom mics and now you have this 75 pound like box that you're bringing down. right yeah we we started off so i'm addicted to youtube unfortunately and i don't know why but i'm addicted to youtube so i follow a lot of marketing and video production and audio production channels because i wanted to make sure that when i invested and in, when we invested as a business into the equipment that it was going to last so when we started this podcast, we knew that we wanted to at least let it be heard by a lot of people. And with that, every single video that I was listening to said, audio is half a video. Audio is half a video. And they kept repeating that. So our first investment were these mics because we're like, if we're going to do this correctly, we need someone on the listening end to be like, okay, their voice kind of sounds maybe not good. They, they might hate our voice, but at least the production quality of our voice is there. So their eardrums are being blown out when they're listening to it uh, on their headphones and they're not kind of cringing or raising the volume, lowering the volume. So we wanted to invest in high quality equipment from the start because we knew that that was going to be important. From the video end, we did kind of cheap out in the beginning. We did a whole series on this on how to start a podcast. And one of the things that we talked about was video quality. We started off with camcorders because there's a some random EU oh. regulation. Yeah, we started off with a phone at first, but geared away from that because that was terrible. And then we went to camcorders because we wanted to do the whole dual camera thing where Mike is on one side, I'm on the other. Um, but with the camcorders, that was a cheap option, only recorded in 1080p, and it was just very, very bad image quality. So then we ended up upgrading to the cameras, which we should have done earlier. But in short, we researched a lot of the equipment beforehand and tried to strategically place our dollars in things that we thought would improve the business and not just take us and carry us over the finish line of whatever finish line we set. Same thing as you guys were 100% self-funded. Yeah. So yeah. like we still both work full-time outside of this, but this is no longer a hobby so because again yeah. for some reason people are like all right it's friday what is buffalo happy hour gonna post today so it's yeah. like now we have to actually do work so it's now like a legitimate part to full-time job yeah and we started off recording yeah. on this little box it's called a focus right scarlet 2i2 
It's a okay. audio I interface. Have right here. Yeah, I you do. Have one right in front of me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, it's an amazing microphone. The only issue or uh, interface. The only issue with that is one, you have to bring your laptop around if you're traveling, which we do, and two, you can only have two guests for the one that we had. So we are doing some random splitter, which then would degrade the quality of the interviewee, which we didn't okay. want. So that's when we ended up investing in an actual mixer that is doing all of our audio recording. So it's just been all the strategic funding of the podcast to see how we can better improve the quality of everybody that we're interviewing. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's something too. Like I, I know people are maybe expecting like a boost related podcast and it is, but mm-hmm. I also am very curious. We're also trying to do a, a podcast as well. So all these things are just like really cool to do because or to listen to, because mm-hmm. we don't, also know what we're doing as well so honestly it's very <laughs> rewarding <laughs> yeah it's very rewarding not knowing what you're doing and producing a good product like and figuring it out yeah exactly. absolutely it's like dude we just did this are you kidding <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's just cool. yeah, awesome. yeah that's literally like you could put that on our own t-shirt because that's how we became <laughs> yeah is we did not know what we were doing we were just playing around and accidentally like made some products that people really, really enjoy. Sure. So uh, if you don't know anything about the actual products that we've made, I'm I'm not the social media person. Nick is. Um, so not sure what our, our correspondence has been like. But, you know, for example, one of the very first products that we made is a chai flavored corn whiskey. Mm. And it tastes like all the chai spices that you would think of you're going to have like a chai latte, like every single one of them layer by layer. So if you think of like ginger, cinnamon, cardamom, allspice, things of that nature, and put it in a whiskey, really, really interesting. But without, we should say, we should stay without the added liqueur. Like it's not the sweet, like when you think of cinnamon whiskey, you think fireball or jack fruit. Nothing like that. But the idea was just, silly at first and we were not serious about it but then somebody else tried it and they're like holy shit like this is really good can i have more we're like what do you mean more like oliver twist (laughs) this is all i got man like you just tried the last drop exactly exactly so um that was kind of like our like ah this is a, a thing like yeah we should we should do this yeah so yeah, was, having that was moment last, was just kind of crazy. Yeah, and we also had, and maybe you guys also had the same thing where it's like, we just did that. How do we do it again? Right. You know, like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. we did it. Can we do it again? You know, right. Before we press record, I'm like, shoot, how do I do this audio thing again? I got to figure it out because we're like, <laughs> right. we just fly by the seat of our pants and we're like, let's just figure it out as we go along. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So that was a pretty good like aha moment. Have you guys any had any oh no moments? I'm sure you have throughout your time being in the podcast. That's a good question. You mentioned disasters a lot. Like yeah. <laughs> just because of who we are as people, more or less, more or less just yeah. disasters just surrounding who we are. <laughs> I think have you had a disaster that made you go, maybe we shouldn't do this anymore? No, because we're too stubborn to quit. But we've had moments. Yeah, but we've had moments of we definitely did not do this right. Um, Mm -hmm. Mainly, (laughs) mainly around taxes because we were an LLC. But it's like 
Let's not incriminate ourselves with the state of New York right here, though. I'm okay. not. Okay. So we're an LLC. Yay. However, in the state of New York, it's very black and white with taxes, and we as a business are in the gray. So without an accountant, we're a thousand percent going to jail. <laughs> so <laughs> when we when it comes down to it, we're just like this is the oh no moment of like we gotta we gotta produce this form. And we're like, we can do it. We went to college. Yeah. We look at the form and we're like all right, so I'm just gonna reach out to that guy because he knows he knows what's going on, and then he can just like file it for us. Once a deadline, it's like the 15th. Yeah. Like, okay, we have time, and then that's that's pretty much been the only oh no moment. We've had some equipment malfunctions, I guess, or you blew we've a tire built out. In, yeah, we b- blew a tire out going out to Hollerhorn Distillery out in Naples. I'm still holding Carl accountable. I'm hoping he pays me soon, but um, <laughs> we did that. But we built in contingencies, like we forgot a battery one time, so we bought new ones. Um, that would probably be like the only oh no moment. The other thing that we did was probably about what would you say seven months ago. We interviewed uh, a business and we were like, "Why are we doing it this way?" We really had to take a step back. And Mike and I were talking in the middle of a liquor store parking lot, which is very fitting for us. But we were talking about the whole premise of the podcast and how we can improve some of the interviews because you can only go and interview a restaurant so many times right like there's like how is your beef different than someone else's like there's really not that conversation that you can have so that's when we were like okay buckle up because we're investing more that's when we bought a gimbal that's when we bought some of the other improvements to the cameras different lenses and all that so we can capture the essence of the business better rather than relying on our leading questions to separate the uh business from the other businesses so that's kind of one of the i guess oh no moments is the we're approaching a dead end how do we it was choose a, the road that we want to go down it was a pivot point yeah. for sure yeah so we um to your your statement that's still very odd to hear is like we're eclipsing the amateur portion um it was kind of a, a fork in the road of we're we've dried this up mm-hmm. and we need to spice it up we need to find out a way to conduct better interviews. And then I think the only other time there was a, a borderline oh no moment um, was it winter. Yeah. Winter hit and the space that we were using was not insulated. So we were legitimately doing weekly episodes in winter jackets, <laughs> freezing and hoping our equipment could last and withstand the cold because obviously it's Buffalo. So then that was yeah. the other point of, grab your tools, we're going to build a studio, and then that's what we're sitting in now. It's the same space, but we actually built a space to conduct in. We we looked at different places we could rent, and it was a second mortgage, and we said no. So we built our own and called it a day. So now it's like a fully insulated studio. That we just did a studio tour on our YouTube channel, if you guys wanted to see it. But, it, I mean, yeah, we literally put in a ceiling, built a wall, Um and then insulated everything. It's so now it's it's temperature here. controlled. Yeah. yeah, and we Sweating. got heaters, AC units, um, multiple outlets. But it's just there's pivot points, not oh no moments, yeah. but pivot points for sure. Because we knew we weren't going to stop. So it's just make it work. That's awesome. That's admirable. Uh, yeah. Sure, that's a word. I definitely have an oh no moment. Famous <laughs> <laughs> Nick. But yeah, what are yours? Uh, have one, Nick. Uh, no, let's hear yours. Oh, okay, I was good. okay. So. There, there is something really important that you have to understand about getting your DSP. Okay. So in order to even apply for a federal distilling permit, you must already have a location. 
Oh, so, yeah. Yeah. So what that means is either you own the property or you have to rent it. And so for us, that meant first we needed to find a location that was suitable and met all of the federal requirements, get a lease signed for an extended period of time, and then apply for this permit that we may or may not even be approved again. Sure. So there was that. So we had to start paying rent for an entire facility um, well ahead of the fact that we could even use them. So we did that, ended up applying for our um, permit a month later, and then it took six months to get our uh, to get approved. So we're paying, you know, an additional rent for six months on something that we have absolutely no value. Sure. It's just money going down the drain. And then uh, the other thing is if we have to change our um, location, address, anything like that, we could risk losing that permit and have to reapply all over again. So then when COVID hit, um, you know, I had lost my job. Nick was out of work because of, of the pandemic as well. We had to pay for that facility the entire time. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, we would lose our permit. And at the same time, the entire rest of the business was at a standstill. So we're just dumping money into this place that we can't do anything in and are, are literally stuck because otherwise it would set us that far, much farther back. Sure. So that was kind of that moment. It's like, okay, let's figure out what the cost of this is uh, per year. And then let's just throw that as far down the, the drain into the bed <laughs> as you can possibly imagine. It's like, that's where we were like before we were able to finally pick things back up with our Patreon. So sure. that's actually where the Patreon kind of came from is we need to make money to help just sustain this because we can't make money otherwise. Right. Otherwise. Yeah. So that's essentially what it was started out as is hmm. pay our rent. <laughs> yeah. Did you, yeah. did you guys have like a business mentor to help you through that federal application process? We actually did. Yeah. Um, Nick, that's probably, your area because you were the person who found it. But. So I will say another reason why we picked, so we're all from the Syracuse area, uh, but Auburn is 45 minutes mm -hmm. west. So we're right in between Syracuse and uh, Rochester. Um, a, a really good uh, reason why we picked this location is because I live there. Um, so that's, that's one of the reasons why. Also, there's no distilleries in the county. Mm. Uh, so that's huge. Um, there's never been a distillery in Auburn, even pre-prohibition. Um, so we, to be to say that we're the only and the first in this, this city to, is just like a great marketing wise and great, just like, Hey guys, we're here. Like it's, it's a booze town too. There's more liquor stores and bars per capita. That's wild that there's never been one yeah. there. Oh, so um, you're, you're there, just on the other there, side of Seneca Falls. Yeah. Yeah. We're yeah. very close. We're the next town over. Yeah. Um, essentially they're in Seneca County, but, um, yeah. we, but we're the we only are, county. now it's a very skinny County. Mm -hmm. So we have a last shot in skinny Atlas. I don't know if you guys talked to them, but he just won like master distiller on that, on that TV show. Um, huh. Chris something, uh, last shot distillery. They're very close. They're 10 minutes away, but they're technically in Onondaga County. Sure. And then we have hidden Marsh distillery mm -hmm. really close as well. Maybe 15 minutes away, but they are, in technically in Seneca County, but Keyhoe County, um, there was uh, one, 
um, and they were producing vodka out of whey protein. So it was like they were a farm. They're called Puga Ingredients. They still exist, but they stopped distilling. And they were making, uh, yeah, they were using like their cow's milk to <laughs> make vodka. It was strange. Interesting. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's that's one thing. But to answer your question, another good thing is that our county, um, the, uh, the it's called CETA, the Cuga County Economic Development Agency. They, like, we reached out to them. We're like, hey, we're a new business in the area. Can you help us? And they, like, worked. They found someone that, like, was specifically involved. They helped us get our uh, attorney. They helped us get everything. They have, like, someone in each department that are like, you need a facility? We have someone for that. You need to get your permits ready? We got some of that. You need an attorney? We can find you someone. Like, and their services are all free. They're like, if you have your LLC, you are more than welcome to use all of our services and we met with them a few times and they really pointed us in the right direction. We're three bozos that don't know what we're doing. So for them to like, just say, Hey, like, this is what you need. Like, here's everything. They printed out, like literally printed out a sheet. Like, this is what you need. This is what you need. This is what you need. And like, we're incredibly thankful for them. Like they really, 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 they showed us around, like we working for facilities and shopping malls and like wow. plazas and like, the basement of a like car dealership. Like it was like ridiculous. They just knew all these connections around town because they help businesses like us. So they know like every business. Sure. Um, so yeah, we did have not one specific mentor, but a whole team of people really helping us. That's so, awesome. Yeah. We, we have a small business development center um, by us as well. That's free. So that's, all right, we get it. We yeah, should we use them. That, yeah. Whatever. It's okay. <laughs> it was they. They were instrumental. For us. Yeah. And now, granted, you guys, as far as like your maturity of a business, are are definitely well ahead of where we are. But we wouldn't be here like at all. Like we couldn't get off the ground. Like couldn't even walk. Sure. With, without that help. Yeah. So it was just unbelievably helpful. And yeah. and that's such a small count. Like you're in Buffalo. That's right. far larger than the little county that we are in. So, like, yeah, highly recommended for any small business. We, we first started talking to someone in the Syracuse, like Onondaga Community College has their own small business development center. And they've helped us point us in the right direction. And they actually pointed us to a the owner of a distillery. Um, well, I'm not going to name any names, but he we, we talked to him a few times. And it just seemed like he wanted us to start a business just to sell it for $30 million. Sure. And we're like, we're not really, and we just want to make whiskey, man. Like we don't necessarily want to, we just, you know, want to like, come on, have someone, I want to sit down and have a drink with someone. Sure. You know, like that's all I want to yeah. do. <laughs> um, so we were lucky enough to find the people in Cuyahoga County to really, really help us. That's awesome. That's yeah. really cool. Um, now, uh, I have a couple of more questions left. I know we've gone an hour now, but, um, oh, it's fine. We whatever. got time. I want to, ta- I want to talk more about the businesses in Buffalo because my brother lived there for a while. I'm pretty familiar with the breweries in the area, but distilleries, I, I really, I'm kind of coming up short on. I love Hartman's. I've been there a few times. I love that you have the bottle right there. I bet like, that's one of my, my, my girlfriend and I that we met in Buffalo and that's like, 
every time we visit Buffalo now, we always have to stop at Hartman's. Um, and uh, I guess out of all the people that you've interviewed, restaurant owners, distillery owners, brewery owners, like whoever, if you were to pick, and maybe you don't want to say this because you don't want to single someone out. But <laughs> if you, I'm going to Buffalo for the first time and I have booze on the brain. Where would you suggest me going? It's a fantastic question. I get asked that all the time because yeah, I have my in-laws are in Syracuse, so they ask me that oh. all the time. Um, <laughs> but I think it really depends on what they want to drink booze-wise. Like, do they want beer or do they want whiskey? So, if it's beer, you would probably send them to Resurgence specifically because they have a really good Loganberry beer, and that kind of ties everything in. They got a really massive facility, really good menu their beer is always on point and then you don't necessarily have to wait eons to get anything. So resurgence is always a place that comes in clutch. And then if they are into whiskey, I, I mean, Hartman's is yeah, just, it's a Mecca now, but Justin did it really, really well. And his whole design makes sense. It's like you said, you've been there. So you understand what I mean by like just the overall vibe and yeah. the products and the menu and th- it just fits. So I think that's a really good option. But if you're trying to keep it. And they're attached to Resurgence and Hartman's are now, now attached in the same building, basically. Yeah. So oh, there's okay. just basically a uh, courtyard that separates them. So you can walk between the two buildings. So that area, it's 55 Chicago Street. If anyone listening to that comes to Buffalo, yeah. 55 Chicago Street, that's the place to be right now. So Resurgence has like a few locations, right? Or no? They didn't. So yeah. they will, at a time they had two locations. They had up on Niagara Street is their OG building that they rented out. And then they basically not only outgrew it, but then there was some dispute going back and forth with tenant landlord relationship, whatever. And then some other, I don't know, like some other stuff got involved. So they ended up moving and they ended up linking up with Ellicott Development that owned the building uh, that used to be an old Cooperage at 55 Chicago. So Resurgence moved in to the one half. And then when Hartman's was up and coming, Justin goes, well, that makes sense. It's an old Cooperage for one. And for two, it's got the room. So let's do that. High ceilings, uh, cheap rent is basically the motto for all of Buffalo. So that's why you see a lot of places that are up and coming as small businesses down in the silos and silo city. And then also by Cobblestone District and then Chicago Street, it's just high ceilings, low rent. So when Justin moved in, then it was a match made in heaven. And then when the pandemic hit, they got a permit from the city to close Chicago Street and then host events outside because then you didn't have to follow certain mandates. So then they just owned the entire street for damn near two years. And now it's just a rager. I mean, there's like turf on the street, tents. Tables and heaters. Only, yeah. I've only been there. I've only been there when they were outside. I've never been in pre pandemic. Oh yeah. So yeah. I only know it to go that I'm like, Oh wow. Like, and it's really great. I just didn't know. And maybe I'm just, because I'm just like a whiskey person. I go there. I, I've been to Hartman's maybe five times now. And I didn't know how long has resurgence been in that same area the entire time. The entire time. Have? Yeah. The, the entire time that Hartman's. Oh, wow. been there. Yeah. <laughs> the, yeah. Resurgence opened at Fitzfeld Chicago. Uh, right around the same time as Hartman's, but a little earlier. Yeah. 
but not by much. And then they use their original site on Niagara for like R&D. So they would still do some small brewing and things over there and then just kind of shuffle back and forth. And then they eventually just moved everything into one location. And now it's seamless. But um, the other if you're looking for something outside of the city, though. Our boys over at First Line Brewing are killing it too right now. They they make some yeah. amazing beer out in Orchard Park. They're super oh, nice cool. dudes. They're and they're creating some amazing beers too. So if you're looking for some place, they're doing like country music too on a Thursday nights or something like that. They they have like a crazy lineup of country singers and stuff like that. So constant. Their yeah. menu's incredible too. But if you're trying to kind of round things out, then yeah, if you want to like the downtown vibe, Thin Man Brewing, Big Ditch Brewing, Forty Two North. Um, and then 40 North and East Aurora, though. Well, right. But there are beers everywhere yeah. in regards to restaurants and stuff. If you're in the city and then you can hit Hartman's and Resurgence. And then if you're into the suburbs, 42 North is like he said, in East Aurora, which is like basically 20 minutes away from Buffalo. Everything's 20 minutes away from Buffalo. Yeah. Well, <laughs> unless. Yeah. At most 30 minutes. But it just depends on what route you take. But East Aurora is known as um, it's all for horses. Like the whole town is built on horses. So that's the rich basically bought the town and they say like the four of us are sitting down and we're like, we own this town. What do you want us to do? Like, we're going to make the laws for this town. This is no joke. What happened? So like four different families owned the entire town of East Aurora. And then they sat down and they're just like, all right, open bottle. You can drink whatever you want across the entire town. So you can go into a right Eight or CVS, buy a six pack of butt heavies, walk outside, open the beer and walk down main street and drink and the cops are going to make fun of you for only having one hand with a beer. Like, they want you to double fist. Like it's, And then you can just window shop down Main Street. It's so like it's one of that. three towns in the United States that have that. Yeah, so there's that. There's So go to 42 North. And then if you want to hit the stadium, f- see the Bills, go to the Bills store, buy some branded gear, then swing in, see First Line Brewing. And then you pretty much rounded out your trip. And you had fantastic products and food throughout the entire time. So, and that's just for that's just drinks. I mean, and that's not even <laughs> right, yeah. not even the very tip of the iceberg. If right. you want to go food, that's a whole separate podcast. Yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I that's uh, questions. Yeah, yeah. So you guys are you guys are in a prime spot for. We're gonna have to go over there, like, and hit. You said that there's like four brew or four distilleries yeah. in like a twenty yeah. minute so time frame. Yeah, there's it, we are in beer country right now. There's three breweries all within a minute of walking distance. Like boom, boom, boom. And the, the big one is Prison City. Prison City sure. Brewery is is awesome. They are the best one I'd say in. I mean, there's I, I don't want to step on anyone's toes, but they're my favorite in this area mm-hmm. and that includes Syracuse. Um, and then there's uh, Next Chapter Brewery, and then there is um, uh, Good Shepherds as well. Uh, all, all very good. All great food, great atmosphere. It, they all really have their own type of vibe, too. So it depends on what you want. If you want something a little classier with really great food, kind of sit-down restaurant, Next Chapter is the place for you. They make a really good Pilsner, like one of the best Pilsners I've had, if you're into that. Uh, Prison City is your typical – I mean, it reminds me of like – uh, thin man, that mm-hmm. type of thing. Amazing at IPAs, really good food there. They have a couple of different locations in the area. There's one where it's just a big field. They have concerts there. That's where they do most of their manufacturing, small tasting room, little food. And then they have the big sit down restaurant. And then there's good shepherds, awesome beer. They make 
pretty one of every kind of beer you can possibly get. So if you don't like one, you can go check out another. Literally every kind of beer you can think of. Oh, sweet. They make. Um, um, so their flights are insane. You can it's crazy, and that is more like a dive bar type of, you know, punk rock type of bar. You know that type of thing. Um, and then then there's us. <laughs> are are uh, you guys in a good spot? Not to cut you off. Are you guys in a good spot for aging? Like, can you age barrels outside? Because that's huge uh, by I, you with with the the barometric pressure and everything. I would not. It depends on the type of the time of year when you do it. Because we are just like Buffalo. I mean, I think our area got more snow than you did this year. Um, but it is just uh, it's it's up and down all the time. Uh, if you want something more consistent, no, we we suggest doing it kind of inside. But our our facility is temperature controlled, so we can kind of, and it depends on what we're aging too. Um, so if we have something that's kind of like cured with something a little different, uh, we may want it a little hotter um, so that it, it gets soaked into the wood a little bit more. Gotcha. Um, something less aged, you know, something with a little more flavor, like more of a, a blend that we're doing that's a bourbon style. Um, maybe not so much. Um, so it really depends on what we're doing and what and what we have in our shop. Um, but outside, yeah. uh, we haven't really experimented too much with that. We kind of we know how to do it in our facility, and we know what comes out. Sure. Uh, once we scale up, we'll see. Um, but that's something that we're experimenting right now with. Gotcha. As as it is right now, or I'm not sure how familiar you guys are with like the the legal requirements around like a premises. Um, oh, that's true. Because you can't like if, if for permits, you can't just bring booze outside, right? Like you get yelled correct. at. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, without going to, you have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, (laughs) I could really use Current. (laughs) I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply at LifeMD.com. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications through LifeMD? LifeMD is now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. Probably the easiest thing I've ever done. The medication comes in the mail and it's very easy to use. I've been able to live my normal lifestyle and I've lost 20 pounds already and I've never felt better. It changed my life. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at TryLifeMD.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. Into depth, like, there's something called a bonded area. And the bonded area is typically, like, the entire space of the facility where manufacturing, processing, things of that nature will happen. And that's 
like the most heavily regulated area of your your premises. And if you're going to if you're going to do something like that outside, there are a number of additional like regulations that your facility has to keep up mm. with. If you're going to have any kind of barrels or or even materials, um, like even if you're not aging something, like you could be storing um, like grain alcohol in a in a drum outside, that would have to be like surrounded by a fence that is uh, needs a certain type of padlock and the drum needs a certain type of padlock. And there's all these other little things that has to happen that are just, as it, as it is right now, not worth our trouble. Sure. Um, so, I mean, it would be awesome if we could do it. Um, I think it would be something that would be pretty far down the road just because of the regulations attached to it. Sure. But if you're, if you're thinking about, like, our space isn't big enough to have a separate brick house uh, if that's what you're asking, like a non-temperature controlled rick house, but um, uh, eventually down the line, that's something we would consider, but it's not yeah. something that we are um, kind of doing. We're kind of just kind of experimenting with the space that we have. Um, and then another thing too, with like Kyle mentioned with our bonded area, when we were first, you know, addressing our permits and like, what, what would you like your bonded area to be? We're like, just throw the whole thing in there. You know, maybe it could have been beneficial to like have part of our facility not be a bonded area so we could have a tasting room right in there but you sure. can't have a bonded area and a tasting room in the same spot you know that's yeah. sort of, so, that was um, a really good learning experience yeah <laughs> like, um, you can't so, have through traffic in such spaces or like you can't have exits in these spaces and we have to completely like redo our whole permit application and yeah jeez steep learning curve <laughs> yeah uh, if you're ever if you're ever interested in starting a distillery, the first recommendation is don't. Don't. And, yeah. The second recommendation is you need to do a lot of reading. Yeah. Because the regulations are outrageous. You just you don't think about this stuff until you encounter it, and then you try something, and then the government comes back and says no. So. And yeah. And how many tasting rooms can you have per one distillery? I forgot the answer to that question. I because I believe it's more than one. Oh yeah, you can you can. It has to be under a different LLC. Um, so yeah. it yeah. So what you can do, uh, at least in our county, is because you know eventually once we're on the ground and we're in bars and liquor stores and we have the revenue to open a tasting room, we would have to start Solomon's Folly Two, have our distillery, go through a distributor to sell to that business. And then we could be Solomon's Valley Tasting Room. So if you wanted to do it that way, you can. At least in our county, yeah. that's how it works. That's how St. Lawrence um, is able to do theirs too, yeah. yeah. It's complicated. It, yeah. yeah. So if we wanted to open up another one in a different county, I'm sure we could, you know, it'd be the same type of thing. Um, there's state rules for that. There's county rules for that. There's city rules for that. So it's oh all down the line. Like it's every time that we're like, okay, federally we could do this, but the state won't allow it. But the state will allow this, but the county won't allow that. Okay, well, the county won't allow this, but maybe the city – no, the city doesn't? Okay, but maybe we can do – it's it's oh, ridiculous. Um, that's kind of where our attorney comes in. He kind of tells us what we can and can't do. Sure. So what is your favorite type of whiskey that you have – like? In the whole scheme of all of the whiskeys out there, what is your favorite type? Are you a whiskey person, bourbon, rye, scotch? Like, Where do you guys fall in your whiskey preferences? That's a great question. Well – yeah, that's a great question. Um, mine changes almost by the day, maybe by the season. 
Um, right now, I'm on a huge bourbon kick. Um, I love bourbon. I love doing it. I love experimenting with different kinds. The reason why is because every single one is different. Mm-hmm. And you can find something you like in it. I love high rye bourbons. But sometimes I like something a little sweeter. You know, like um, there is a great distillery out of uh, Burlington, Vermont. Um, and they have a rye whiskey. It's uh, Mad River. I don't know if you guys have had it. Rye whiskey. It's 100% rye whiskey. It's one of my favorite rye whiskeys. Every time I have it, I am now on a rye kick. Like mm-hmm. I just try to drink all the rye that I like. Um, I was on a scotch kick for a while, but right now I'd say my favorite is is bourbon. Um, Colin? This is a question that gets asked, I think, every single interview. And we answer it. Um, I am through and through a scotch drinker. Uh, oh, specifically, yeah. specifically any Isla scotches. Oh so, yeah, yeah. So like right now, like I'm drinking a bottle of Cole Isla 18 year. Not right now, but like if I were home, I'd be that. That would be my glass. Um, but I have just a unadulterated love for heavily peated scotch. Me too. And nothing will ever eclipse that. Um, so that will always be my go-to. But kind of like Nick. You know, I'm not shy about drinking anything else. Like, I have that same bottle of Mad River that that Nick has. Actually, they have an addition that they finished in Cabernet Barrels. That is probably my second favorite bottle that I have. Hmm. If you can imagine a 100% rye that has the finish of like a sweet Cabernet, it's un- it's unbelievable. Um, but like at the end of the day, like nothing's gonna beat like a glass of Lagavulin 16. Or, or anything of that nature, like always, always going to say yes to that. I agree so with I, that. I have a just a funny story, but um, I had a uh, a birthday party a couple months ago, and um, I work at this bar, and it's a dive bar. It's a karaoke bar. I'm a bartender there. Hell yeah! As fun as it, as fun as it is. Um, they have no whiskey selection there. I've been trying to get her <laughs> to get more whiskeys, but they just have Jameson, Jack Daniels, and they also have Tullamore Dew. Tullamore Dew is the only thing I'll drink over there. And um, <clears throat> so everyone there, like the regulars and my friends, they think I... So for my birthday, all these people from this bar came to my birthday, and I got nothing but Irish whiskey. But I will say, it was all Irish whiskey I've never heard of before. So now, I'm not necessarily on an Irish whiskey kick, but I'm going through a number of Irish whiskeys and be like, which one do I like? Which one I don't like? So I'm kind of experimenting with that right now. I just had to throw that in there because I'm drinking a lot of Irish whiskey, but I wouldn't say it's my favorite. as well. What about you guys? What are you guys drinking? I love that you guys said that everything outside of basically, so scotch, rye uh, from Vermont specifically, Irish whiskey. So we'll, we'll answer your question in a second, but I part of our podcast is to continue to promote whiskey distilleries outside of Kentucky. Kentucky is very yeah. wildly publicized in everything. Everybody wants plans. Everybody wants Buffalo Trace. And it's just, they're good whiskey products, but it gets kind of annoying after a while because, like, guys, I understand it's good, but look outside. Like, there's so many different whiskeys outside or so many different distillers outside of Kentucky that are producing mm-hmm. some high-quality product. Like, yeah. uh, one of our favorites is Woodenville out mm-hmm. in Wyoming or Washington. And then another one is Devil's River down in Texas. And then New York has some insanely good whiskeys that it's just like they're getting overshadowed because of all the Kentucky distilleries. But for me, 
I'm in the same boat as Colin. I love Isla whiskeys. I have Lagavulin always in my house. Um, yeah. <laughs> I have Laphroaig always in my house. And uh, I do like a lot of Speyside whiskey or scotches as well. Um, two of our favorite distilleries is Belvini and Abelauer. Those are amazing oh, yeah. Speyside scotches. And yeah, it's just oh, yeah. that flavor. You, It's very hard to replicate that type of complexity and flavor in an American whiskey. But part of our goal is to find some amazing distilleries in America that have those same complexities outside of Kentucky. Yeah. What about, what about you? I thought you were going to say something because you were all super excited after the last comment. <laughs> oh, so no, I'm just la- leaving it open. That was the most poetic answer you could say without yeah. answering the question ever. <laughs> so, I, will, I will say too, I mean, oh. I don't want to like talk, you know, I, Kentucky has some really great stuff they that do. is not Blanton's or Buffalo right. Trace. And, and they're all by the same people, right? Buffalo, yeah. Trace, and Blanton. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I, I once found, I think, a TikTok video of like someone was like, listen, guys, you can get stuff that's way better for way cheaper. And it's still like, it's still Kentucky bourbon. It's still better. 100%. Like Elijah Craig or Jefferson's or something like that. Like those stuff is really good. And it's 30 bucks a bottle. Like it's so good. Um, so I went through that, I, you know, a few months ago going through the Elijah Craig's all the way up and the Jefferson's and they have mm-hmm. 40 different kinds you can get as well. And um, it's just cool to, to also hear someone else say that. But my favorite overall, before you get to yours, is Balvinie 14 Caribbean Cask. That's my favorite scotch, but my favorite whiskey overall. But I'll always have that in my house at every single time. Uh, I'm a I'm simple. So I'm a bourbon and cigar dude, and I just like to decompress and relax. And then if it's a special occasion or if I'm there for a few days, like I say I'm camping, then I'll just bring um, I'll bring scotch. And then depending on the trip. It could be something as simple as a McAllen cherry cask. It could be above any 14-year, um, Redbreast 12, I mean, or a Laphroaig. It just depends on time of year, my mood. But if it's Monday through Sunday, I'm a bourbon dude. And I'll I'll go from coast to coast. I don't really care. And I throw in rye because I, I also love rye, but I'm, I'm all about the nation spirit. So... That's it. Awesome. Just sit down and decompress with some bourbon and a stogie and my dog. Uh, we'll have to send you a bottle of our Auburn Reserve. Uh, we can't call it a bourbon for a number of different reasons, but it's all we use used in barrels. In the spirit of a bourbon. In the spirit of the bourbon, yeah. Uh, we don't use brand new barrels um, for this specific one. So <clears throat> we'll have to send you to see what you guys think of that. Um, mm-hmm. We'll send you maybe an experimental bottle. Experimental bottle. Well, <laughs> one last thing that I, I just realized is not to knock Kentucky, because obviously you have the you know Goliath distilleries in Kentucky, but one of the most interesting interviews that that Nick and I had conducted was with a brand ambassador from um, a distiller in Kentucky who makes uh, they make a whiskey called Whiskey Row, and it's the entire product is a blend sourced from four different whiskeys from complete opposite ends of the country, and none of it is made in Kentucky. Yeah. So that's probably one of the few examples of a Kentucky whiskey, or they'll call it a Kentucky whiskey, but um, that is made from Kentucky that I think is okay. Yeah. Because they're, all the whiskey was blended from, I think it was like New Hampshire, Washington, Georgia, and like somewhere in the Midwest. But nothing was made in Kentucky. And it's an excellent bottle. 
That's awesome. Yeah, one of the ones that just stands out to us about Kentucky whiskey that is unique is you were saying Jefferson's, but their ocean version where they have that whole story about traveling across the equator five times, going to six different ports, and it's just the whole science behind the salt water crashing against the cask and all the temperature fluctuations. That's just super interesting to us because nerds, I guess. But in general, like that's the type of stories that we want to uncover is those type of whiskeys that don't follow the traditional status quo and push the limits because that's where you're getting a lot of innovation and a lot of interesting flavors that you wouldn't expect to uncover. Yeah. It's also a really good bottle. Oh it's yeah, really, very good uh, bottle. It's a really, really good bottle. <laughs> yeah. Uh, another, another like a little segment that we have on our podcast. Like I think I mentioned before, we have like a mystery whiskey segment mm-hmm. where we won't know what it is. Us three, we don't know what it is. Some one of our someone else picked it for us, and sometimes it's a really great scotch or a really great bourbon, but sometimes it's pickle flavored whiskey or banana flavored whiskey just to mess you know throw us off. But one of the times was actually the the, the Ocean's uh, Jefferson. Actually, it was amazing. We we're like, wow. Let's go get a bottle right now. Yeah. It, was, it was great. Yeah. It's a very expensive habit that we all have. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm actually sad. Like usually Christmas, my birthday falls right after Christmas. And like that time of year, I'm just getting bottles of whiskey and it's amazing. And now it's March and I'm like, I'm running low. So <laughs> you have to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. You- um, well, I just have one more. I don't know if you guys have any more questions sure, for us, for but I just want to, uh, this was Colin's question. I'm going to steal it from you. Sorry, buddy. Um, okay. What, out of everything, out of everyone that you guys have interviewed, out of all the places you've interviewed, I've, you've interviewed politicians before, correct? Like mm-hmm. you've interviewed people from all over. Uh, what is the cool, this is going to be probably, maybe they won't be able to think of it. The coolest thing that you guys have learned doing this in the booze industry or maybe not in the booze industry, but just doing this podcast, what has been the coolest like revelation or the coolest thing that you guys have learned? So one that jumps right to mind is the, we just did a recent interview with Justin Hartman again from Hartman's distilling. We reached out to him in the beginning when we only had one camera and it was super embarrassing because it's like, we're not professional right now, but we, since then a couple months ago went over there to film that and then also to film a whole series around how to make whiskey which was something that selfishly we wanted to understand how to make whiskey and also to provide to all of our listeners like the information on how to actually make whiskey but when we were talking with him one of the coolest things is i asked him specifically because we don't we want to shed light on areas outside of kentucky so i we asked him what is areas of the country that are underlooked right now and his response was washington Texas and Vermont. And the reason from that was the barometric pressure of the United States, the way that that flows through the jet streams allows the whiskey to go in and out of the wood much differently than the rest of the states, specifically Kentucky. So when he was saying that Buffalo is even on a higher barometric pressure rating than Kentucky is, so these barometric pressure um, airways create better whiskey. To me, that was something that I guess I never even thought of before of mm-hmm. being in an impact to whiskey. Like I always thought, you know, space of the warehouse or the Rick house, like where it's located uh, on the tiers of the Rick house, the temperature, the climate, the humidity, all that stuff. I didn't even think of barometric pressure. So yeah. recently that's something that comes to mind is something that was really interesting to hear from him as, Oh, this is why we like to review whiskey outside of Kentucky. Cause it's literally different. 
you guys used that as a clip too, didn't I? I think I yeah. saw that. Yep. Yeah. That, that was on our Instagram. That was awesome. Yeah, that was cool. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to th- like as an umbrella, um, I think. I mean, realistically, the amount of useless facts and knowledge that have came from this whole experience has been sensational. Um, We were gifted a trivia game that's based on Buffalo useless facts. And I was playing with my wife and my mother-in-law and I it was like 32 points to me and they each had like eight or nine. Like it wasn't even close. And she like my wife would read the card and she brought up um, like this doctor was driving down the street in a rainstorm. And I go, yeah. And he actually invented the windshield wipers because he hit a kid on a bike. And then she goes and he invented windshield wipers after striking a pedestrian who was riding a bike. And I'm just like, yep, it's that doctor. And she's like, here's the card. And it was because we did a full mini segment series on the history of Buffalo and prominent figures that came from Buffalo. So, like, just all this useless knowledge that probably, you know, I could have used some of it in college maybe to, (laughs) you know, impress the, the one chick that I was obsessed with. But. (laughs) It's fine. But I mean, honestly, I think just that and then um, just networking like I mean, you guys get it, too. Right. Like you get asked all these really crazy questions about can you help me pick out a good whiskey at the store? Like, I don't know what I'm looking for. And then you can just like hammer seven brands off the top of your head and just like here and then just go like go away because I'm I'm doing this. And then you can just drop seven brands and keep going. I think that's probably one of the coolest things. But other than that, I'm we're tired, yeah, man. Selfishly, <laughs> selfishly, another interesting thing that has come up recently is people have been complimenting on how widespread our podcast reach for their particular business. And and again, this isn't like a congratulate me type of situation, but we've heard so many different stories recently of people saying, "You don't understand what this podcast has done for me and my business." Like it's been able to get my story across how I started in where like this company is going and i wouldn't have been able to do that without your guys's podcast so that's something that's been crazy to hear but also it's been like are you serious like we're still two dudes that just want to talk yeah like um this this business reached out to this business because they saw after they were on our show they kept following our show then they saw this business come on our show so then those two businesses reached out to each other and said hey we want to do a collab come do like a pop-up shop at my business and we don't get anything for that right like you know can we get like royalties like (laughs) like you know i mean like that's not our space yeah like nothing but that's really cool because it's it's literally helping businesses grow in buffalo Mm -hmm. and i i mean that's just probably the coolest thing about it all about yeah that's honestly we we do a lot of similar things with that not necessarily for this podcast but with our cocktail classes hmm. we'll reach out and we we went to the cocktail class at 11 a.m on a sunday because it was brunch time and we partnered with a, a local coffee roastery to do an irish coffee you know nice hell yeah and then we you know talked to there's a whiskey bar here in in uh in, they the head bartender taught the cocktail class and like we're just building a community and that's what you guys are doing that's what i really respect like you guys are building a community like outside of yourselves Mm -hmm. which is like amazing in such a big city you're connecting all of these businesses um and i think that's 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 really really cool like we're doing it kind of selfishly right like we want to be in the whiskey bar and we want to like 
be partners and we can use a coffee to make a cool whiskey or something like that. But you guys are doing it for all of these other businesses and hats off to you guys, really. Yeah, seriously, thank you. Thank you. Call it dope. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, So there's this weird stigma when it comes specifically bringing it back to whiskey and bourbon. There's this weird stigma of pretentiousness when it comes to whiskey and bourbon. Like, oh, they know more than me. And this has been another one of our missions from the start is like, dude, just drink your whiskey how you want to drink it. I don't care if you throw apple juice in there. Just drink it. If you're drinking whiskey, you're a part of this like cool club that appreciates time and dedication and literally years of somebody yeah. making some sort of product. So I don't care how you drink it. We don't care how you drink it. Just enjoy the amazing spirit that it is. And that's something that we're really trying to hammer home is just enjoy it, man. It's great. Yeah. Yeah. Just, that's just a really good slogan. That That's right up there. Enjoy it, man. And and what was the one at the beginning? Uh, <laughs> screw it. Just do it. Yeah, screw it. Just do it. Screw it. Just do it. But uh, also the last, the last tip, is if you're into Irish whiskeys, try Clonakilty. They're in your okay. area. I know that for a fact um, because I'm in liquor stores in Syracuse too often. So um, definitely pick up some Clonakilty. You will not be disappointed. I'm going to check that out tomorrow. I have the day off. Do so it. There you go. There you go. Uh, yeah. Oh, um, all right. Tell us coming up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Why don't you guys tell uh, our listeners where they can catch your podcast? How, uh, you guys already kind of went into uh, how often you uh, post, but tell us your website. I see. I'm looking at both of you guys have some merchandise. Promote that because I'm gonna buy. I'm gonna buy one of those long sleeves for sure. Oh yeah, if I can. Yeah, sounds good. No, absolutely. We appreciate it. Uh, so for those listening, we do small batches of merchandise and then donate a portion of each batch to a different nonprofit. So um, awesome. it's it's the only way that we can basically generate income to help the community. Because, again, we don't take money from small business interviews. But, yes, every Monday is a weekly episode. Uh, Wednesday is just going to be an off-the-rails Wednesday whiskey review. And then Friday is our small business interviews that go live every uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, 8 a.m. All major podcast platforms, you name it, it's on there. And then our YouTube channel, which is Buffalo Happy Hour. We're on Facebook at Buffalo Happy Hour. We're on Instagram at Official Buffalo Happy Hour. We have a Twitter, but we really don't use it because it's super toxic and it's not worth the negativity. Um, And then if you want merchandise, just DM us. Um, We don't really have a website because, again, we only do limited merchandise batches of 50 items each. So we have 50 of these sweaters total that range from small to XL. So let us know. Just slide into our DMs like that awkward creep that you always (laughs) try not to be, but it's fine. Tell us your size. Uh, We'll just need your, your full name, your phone number, and your email. And then a shipping address, because then what'll again, we both wear 40 hats. We'll send an invoice to you direct, pay it through the uh, through your email, and then I'll ship it right out to you through USPS. So, yeah, we also have a single barrel right now for sale. It's with Clonakilty and Irish whiskey. Um, and that, that's why we love them so much is because they're just a great Irish whiskey. But our specific single barrel is a one of a kind one, too. And in the future, maybe we do a single barrel with you guys once you uh, get up and running, because that's something that we're really passionate about. We like throwing our name and like getting involved in the entire process. So this Irish whiskey that's coming out with Clannacilty is aged in a Sauternes barrel, which is a French white dessert wine. It's literally one of one of the United States. There's not going to be any more. There's never been something like this before, and it's just a one of one. There's 300 total bottles. So um, it's... 
on the Addies app. Just look through our Wednesday whiskey reviews. We just reviewed it, mm-hmm. so find it. Um, it's it's BHH Clonic Kilty Single Barrel, and then watch that video because then we detail how you can buy it. But you basically just buy it through the app, and then they can ship it right to you if you're within the state of New York. Uh, it's sixty bucks a bottle again, three hundred total bottles, and then we can't recreate it. It's coming from Ireland, so uh, those are on sale. They're sixty bucks. They're ready to rock, and then. Also, queencitycreativeworks.com. Go grab them quick. I got you. They're right here. We're just throwing all the promotions. I hope you guys yeah. are okay with that. So yeah, we have, we have swag out. <laughs> metal metal silicone uh, bottle openers that bartenders use, which I'm sure you guys are familiar with. So they're legit metal wrapped in silicone, branded on both sides with our logo. Um, and then we also have water bottles. And then we have slate coasters that are. We don't have out here. No. no, they do. They're on the bottom left of your yeah. shelf, but it's fine. They're black slate coasters that are um, square with our logo in the center. So those are all for sale at queencitycreativeworks.com. They're another business sponsor of ours. Scroll down on their homepage, and then you'll see our logo shop now. Click that button, and then you can buy whatever you want, and they can ship it right to you wherever you are. So, guys, uh, make sure you state your handles as well for Mm -hmm. our audience, and then our audience can follow you guys. Awesome. Yeah, we are at uh, we're on Facebook and Instagram at Sellerman's Folly Whiskey. Um, you can just search Sellerman's Folly Whiskey Company. We pop up <clears throat> everywhere. Um, check out our Patreon. That's what we're mostly promoting right now. If you're in New York State, which I think a lot of your listeners are, uh, you're allowed to be a part of our cocktail classes. We're allowed to ship our booze through the state, mm. just not over state lines. I guess that's a felony or something. Mm. I don't know. <laughs> but um, yeah. Uh, we do. We have tiers from three dollars all the way up to thirty-five dollars. Um, the twenty-dollar tier is that sweet spot. That's our cocktail classes. Um, but we have lower ones where you get our podcast. We have a newsletter every month. These interviews are at every tier, so you can hear us talk to people from literally all over the world. We've interviewed gin distillers out of Adelaide, Australia. We've liter- um, bitters companies out of Tennessee, brandy distillers out of um, uh, Washington State, spirit awards podcast hosts. Canadian distillers, um, Canadian, multiple yeah, Canadian distillers. All over, all over the place. Local bar owners, tons of weird, best-selling authors about the bourbon trail. Like we've, we've interviewed everybody. Nice. Um, and now we've interviewed Buffalo Happy Hour. So, awesome. um, and uh, so yeah, that's uh, patreon.com slash Solomon's Folly Whiskey. Um, we do have merch at storeenvy.com slash Solomon's Folly. Uh, we have these T-shirts. Um, we have uh, stickers, shot glasses, that sort of thing. Um, there also is a tier on our Patreon and a thirty-five dollar tier where you get merchandise you can't get anywhere else. Hmm. We have long sleeve T-shirts. We have coffee mugs. We have uh, hoodies. Yeah, tote bags are coming soon too. So um, check that out. Um, and that's pretty that's much everything. It. Yeah, just keep an eye out on our social media and we'll tell you what's happening next. Once we're approved and we're in liquor stores and bars, we will let you guys know um, and all the events we will have coming up. Also, uh, another cool thing uh, that I should promote is that if you're in the Auburn area at the Cayuga County Museum, they just did a what they call proof positive. If you guys are ever in the area, just come check it out. It's all of the beer, wine, uh, spirits of Cayuga County hmm. and it's all stuff from like pre-prohibition up until now and we have our own exhibit there so oh, that's um, go check it out yeah it's really cool it just opened this weekend and it runs all the way to December um, really really cool museum um, and if you're interested in the old school booze and what 
you know, Auburn was like pre-prohibition. There's a huge section of that. There's prison cities in there, Lukenheimer, all of the Cubic County, not just Auburn, but um, it's awesome. We, I was blown away. I thought we were just going to have this little <laughs> tiny thing and it took our very first still that we ever used and like put it on display. It was oh, really wow. cool. Man. Sweet. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. yeah really it, cool. was, it was really cool. So if you're in Auburn, check that out too. So cool. that's pretty much all we got. Well, thank you guys so much for having us on. I am so excited to try your whiskey. It seems like you guys are extremely passionate about it. So I'm very excited, especially because of some of the flavors that you're implementing. Like that's, that's wild. Yeah. We, uh, we do something really cool. Cause I know we're just blending right now. Um, but we, uh, kind of cure our barrels in a way where you can kind of get like chai spices out of the wood and, uh, coffee notes as well. Oh, sweet. So we have like a, we have like a job, we're working on a Java rye whiskey, which is like a coffee from a local uh, roastery here uh, with some rye whiskey. And we have a bourbon style, which we're calling our Auburn reserve. And then we have like a chai spice, um, cured barrel hmm. flavor. So it's interesting. We're, uh, we're working on the, the TTB, like colas and permits and stuff like that to see how we can label it. Sure. Because it's not necessarily infusing. It's, 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 it's not a flavored it, like, whiskey. It's not a flavored yeah. whiskey. <laughs> it's like, it's, I don't know. It, we we're working with our attorneys and, uh, the TTB as well to figure out how we can label it. But, sure. um, it's really, it's really interesting. Um, so yeah, we will say as soon as it's ready, we'll send you guys some. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. And then we'll come out as soon as you guys are ready. We'll, we'll swing out and do a in-person one. Oh yeah. Oh, oh. That sounds great. Yeah. That sounds real fun. Yeah. We have a little shop. We have a little tiny shop um, that's available. You just come. You just let us know we're coming. We'll, we'll turn on the lights <laughs> for you guys. <laughs> sounds good. Perfect. That's sweet. <laughs> um, well, awesome. Thank you guys so much for taking the time. I know you guys are uh, very busy people, so thank you. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Thank you, guys. Appreciate thank you. that. time inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.